Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 328, and we're talking about how to get around in Panama. That's right. We have been here for how many weeks now? I guess about three months already. A little over three months. We've got eight weeks to go, and we were supposed to be here for five and a half months. So if you do the maths... We've been here for some time. Yeah, absolutely. And we have been really enjoying the country and the countryside. I think a lot of people that come to Panama go into Panama City, they see the locks, they maybe transit the canal, and then they're gone again. But we've really enjoyed being out in the rural areas. I don't know if we would have chosen to stay this long if we were just on the road. We would have moved on by now. But uh, we're doing a house sit here. And looking after a, a house, a few animals, a small reforestation project. And yeah, just kicking along. It's great. Yeah, I find it really interesting how different Panama City is from the rest of Panama. You know, Panama City is a big city. It's got more in common with other cities around the world than it does with the rest of the country. But Panama itself is, I don't know, it's quite rural. It's quite laid back. It's a different feeling. A lot of people do come to Panama to go diving and to hang out at the islands. But a lot of people just relax, hang out in the small towns, hang out at the beach. And I think that's a good way to go about it. You know, we had a really stereotypical day on Saturday, or rather not stereotypical, more ideal. Like if there was an ideal, a platonic ideal of a day here in Santa Fe, that would be it. I mean, we got up early in the morning because the dogs were barking at chickens. And so we fed them and sorted them out. And then uh, a couple of hours later, we headed into the township of Santa Fe where there was an orchid festival on. And on the way, we saw our friends, Avril and Derek, sitting at the bus stop. So we stopped the car in the middle of the road and had a chat with them. Uh, Avril ran across. We, we talked for a few minutes. Then their bus came, so they had to get on and, and go. So that was pretty funny. Then we continued on to the orchid festival, which is at the fairgrounds. Paid a dollar each to go in and had a look at all these beautiful orchids, some of which had won prizes. It was a bit smaller than we expected. It was basically just one big area with, I don't know, a few hundred orchids, just the one display. But then they also had local produce that were from the local farms. And a lot of these farms are actually up inside the rainforest using the cover of the rainforest for humidity and all that kind of stuff. And so we were buying things like beans and peppers and stuff like that from uh, from the local cooperatives that were there including, this one was interesting, pink-skinned bananas. Yeah, they're really strange. They're a lot thicker than the normal banana that you'd think of, which I learned recently is called a Cavendish banana. Who knew? And so a lot thicker and a lot shorter, but pink. Very interesting. And then it was time to do our bi-weekly shop, because you see, Santa Fe is more than an hour's drive away from the nearest supermarket. So that hour of driving is on a road full of potholes. It just, it depends on how much rain there is on the road, how many cows there are on the road, things like that as to how long it actually takes to get into the nearest city, which is Santiago. Yeah, so we'd made an appointment to finally go to the dentist. We've been planning to do this for some time, but just kept putting it off, understandably. So first of all, we went and bought some pet food. Then we went to the dentist. She cleaned our teeth. No fillings required. That was very good. And then we did our shopping, and at the supermarket, there was a big event going on that was baby racing. Baby racing. Yeah, how many babies did you race? <laughs> I saw, well, they had kind of these soft mats for, for the babies to, to race on. It was one big mat that had lanes on it, like in the Olympics. 
And all of the families were around the mat and, you know, the babies that were competing got put at the beginning. They, they said go and they could either run or crawl to the other end of the mat where a family member was demonstrating a toy or jingling some keys or something to make them come along. It was very amusing. And Santiago is the nearest place to get an espresso coffee. So even though here in Santa Fe is a coffee growing area and we buy our coffee directly from a guy up the road called Jeff who uh, runs Mariana Rue Coffee. And so the plantation is just a couple of kilometers away. It all gets processed there on site. So we're buying coffee that's grown just a couple of k's away. But you would not find an espresso machine in this area. I don't think the water pressure is consistent enough. I don't think the electricity grid would stand up to, to a proper espresso machine. And so when we do that hour, hour and a half drive down to Santiago, it's my one chance every 10 or 15 days to have an espresso. So that's my little, uh, my little ritual while Linda runs around the shopping center. While we're in the shop, our friend Janice called to ask if we need any cheese because she has a cow and she makes cheese and yogurt and all that kind of stuff. She said she was just passing our house and of course we weren't there because we were in Santiago. She said, don't worry, I'll leave some in your fridge because we've got an outdoor fridge. So when we got home after an hour, hour and a half of driving on these terrible roads, the dairy fairy had come and there was cheese in our fridge. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely perfect. So yeah, thanks to uh, the Dairy Fairy and thanks to <laughs> Molly the Cow, who uh, once again is a couple of k's up the road and supplies us with all of our dairy needs. Yeah, so I don't know, it certainly wasn't a stereotypical day, but it was an awesome day. It was one of these days that make me happy to be traveling. And I mean, we we stopped in one place at the moment and I was saying to Craig the other day, you know, it feels kind of strange to be here for so long and, and you know, there's not so much to do around Santa Fe. But that Saturday was an awesome day. Definitely. Hey, have a listen to something that didn't happen this weekend, but two weekends ago when we were doing this trip into Santiago again, uh, instead of heading into an orchid festival, we ran into and almost ran over the back of a religious procession going down a country road. We came around the corner and there were 200 people in the road. They didn't look like they were rioting, so we, <laughs> we just kind of pulled over and waited for them to go by. Yeah, what happened was we, we left and then we realized we'd left something behind at home. I think it was like a gas canister. We needed to buy some petrol for the machine that cuts the grass. So we, we turned around after about five minutes driving and came home. Well, tried to come home but couldn't because the road was blocked by this procession. So we pulled over and just waited because we didn't know how long they were going to be going. We asked someone and, yeah, they were just going to the end of the road and back. So while we were parked on the side of the road, they, they came past us on the way back to the church. And, yeah, have a listen to what they were singing. Cool. So you've got a taste of our, uh, our country idol now, I think. Smooth. Well, let's talk about getting into Panama if you're traveling, either by plane or overland. So, I mean, there's a lot of direct flights into Panama, and all of those flights are going into Panama City. So if you're traveling Central America or South America, there's direct flights from places as wide as Colombia and Costa Rica. Uh, we've used both of those. <laughs> and uh, also flights direct in from the USA. When we're in Mexico, I think our cheapest option was to bounce through Costa Rica, eh? 
Yeah, we found that it was cheaper to fly into Costa Rica and then travel overland. But there are flights from many, many countries, and you'll probably go into, into Panama City, although there are a couple of other airports that might do short hops. We didn't have to pay any arrival taxes. Well, there are taxes, but they're all included in your ticket by law. But we did have to fill in a, an arrival form, pretty standard, and four New Zealanders were allowed to be here 180 consecutive days. We used Skyscanner to find our flights, and they've got a really good function where you can say, I'm going from wherever you're going from and to everywhere. So we were wanting to get from Mexico into Panama, and I did this, and I found that there were really cheap flights into Costa Rica. So because I'd, I'd worked out that we could get from Costa Rica to Panama overland, that worked out really well. Also, I was wanting to make sure that I had onward flights before I arrived in Panama, so I was looking at various options, and I did the search again from Panama to everywhere. And that was when I found these really cheap flights to Colombia with Copa. So one thing to be careful with, in this case, it was cheaper to fly return than it was to fly one way. So always do your searches twice. Even if you're only planning to go one way, it's worth doing the search again with a return so you can see if there's actually an amazing deal. Yeah, between two sets of tickets for the two of us, we probably saved about 700 to $900 by buying return tickets and only using half of them than yeah. we would have had we flown uh, one way. And that's mad. That's crazy. We just wouldn't have done it. I mean, when I was looking at these flights, it was going to be $600 to go from Panama to, to Medellin, I think it was. There was no way. We wouldn't have done that. But to go return was $100, $110. So suddenly it's worth it, even though we only used one leg of that. Mad. Hey, if you do fly in, there's three different airports in Panama City. And so if you do get to choose an option, it's not really a big deal. But Albrook is the most centrally located. Uh, you can come out of the airport, catch a taxi for five minutes and get to the uh, underground station and take the only underground in Central America. Or you just stay in that taxi or Uber for another 10 minutes and you're bang in downtown Panama City. Yeah, when we were last in Panama City, my brother and his fiance Katie were coming to see us and they had flights from Costa Rica into Albrook. And that was wonderful, except for that their flight was delayed, but you know. And it just meant that they didn't have to waste an hour getting into town because the other main airport, which is called Tokumen, is quite far away. We uh, had done a bit of research about how to get into the city from from the airport and we found that by bus was going to be the cheapest. Not necessarily the fastest, but certainly the cheapest. But finding the bus stop, that was a bit of a challenge because there weren't any signs indicating where the bus stop was. It was out on the highway. We had to ask a few people. We found a bus stop. It was the wrong one. It was going the wrong direction. But we got there eventually. If you want to use the bus, though, I'd highly recommend that you learn a bit of Spanish to ask questions because otherwise it's going to be a real challenge. But it was a really good, modern, comfortable bus that we ended up on, and it cost I can't remember, less than $2 yeah. um, to do the hour trip into town. Mm -hmm. And so a taxi is going to be significantly more than that. So if you're on a budget or just have time instead of money, mm -hmm. then I'd highly recommend catching that bus. Yeah, I suppose you could, you know, use pictures or sign language or whatever <laughs> to find out, you know, draw a picture of a bus and... Panama City, you know, they could work. Yeah, but I think we paid 20 bucks for a taxi the previous time. So the difference between catching the metro all the way to the end of the line and then looking for a taxi and paying 20 bucks for the taxi probably took about the same amount of time and faffing around that it would have to have caught the bus directly in town. At the end of the day, 20 bucks or $2 is a lot of beer. 
Yeah, well, what happened the first time was we were in town and we thought that the bus was going to take us about, I don't know, half an hour. But when we asked around, it was going to take an hour and a half. We didn't have an hour and a half left. We had enough time, yeah, to catch the metro to the end of the line and then get a taxi because I think the taxi was going to cost about 40 bucks from our hotel, which just seemed a bit pricey. And we still had a couple of clicks left on our metro card. So we thought we'll take it to the end of the line. That will take us about a third of the way to the airport. And then we'll get an Uber or, or a taxi. And of course, we got caught in traffic. So it was all a bit stressful, but we, we managed it. We got there in time and it was fine. Panama has uh, borders with two countries. I mean, there's Colombia in the south and Costa Rica in the north. But you can also come in by boat because, hey, we're on both the Caribbean and Pacific coasts. Yeah, we've never sailed into Panama ourselves, but quite a lot of our friends have. And I think that would be quite a fun way of getting around. Yeah, there are backpacker boats that come in from Colombia that spend time in the San Blas Islands on the way in. And there are cruises, of course, that go through the Panama Canal or up and down either coast. With those backpacker boats, we looked into them going from uh, Cartagena, wasn't it, we were looking at. Mm -hmm. And when we were reading the reviews, we saw pretty mixed reviews, to be honest. Lots of cramped conditions, lots of seasickness. And if there's two things that should not go together... It's cramped conditions and other people being sick. That's right. Uh, it looked like a really good experience, though. You get to spend a couple of days in the San Blas Islands, which sounds like a lot of fun. But we were on a bit of a tight schedule and thought, ah, maybe we'll just fly. So we ended up flying out of Colombia as well. If you're going to come down from Costa Rica, it's pretty easy, but a little bit confusing. I mean, we found finding information about the border crossing more difficult than doing the border crossing itself. Although both took about the same amount of time, two or three hours. Yeah, it was it was hard. I mean, I spent ages trying to find information about how we could get from San Jose into Panama and whether we could book. Mostly I was looking at whether we could book tickets online because to get into Costa Rica, you have to have proof of departure. It was just impossible to book any buses online. So as it was, we weren't asked for proof of departure, so that was good. And we ended up just getting to San Jose, going to the bus station and buying our bus ticket there. So that was fine. That bus took us from San Jose all the way across the border to David. And it was good to be on a bus and the bus was looking after us. You know, it wasn't going to leave without us. But more recently, we did our border run and uh, we caught a bus to the border, walked across the border and then caught another bus. And that was just as easy. Definitely. If you are going from uh, San Jose, we travel by Tika bus and they were pretty good. The only problem was around paying. And I remember we, we couldn't pay by card. We had to go and get cash. I can't remember. It was something we had to pay part of the taxes in U.S. dollars, so we had to transfer some money. It was all a bit of a mess. Mm -hmm. That much I definitely remember. Yeah, we, we didn't have very many colonies because we were only going to be there for a couple of days, so we are hoping to pay for as much as possible by credit card. And so I was wandering around trying to find a place to change I think I was trying to change US dollars into colonies, and the exchange rate was absolutely shocking, like ridiculously shocking. I think we had some other maybe euros or something like that as well that we wanted to change. In the end, we just gave up, and um, luckily I could pay for the tickets in US dollars, which I always think is cheating. You know, I think we should pay for things in the right currency, but oh my goodness, I was so glad the option was there because we always have a, a small stash of US dollars just for occasions like this. It's really important to have some US dollars with you for this trip and some small ones because you're going to have to pay a border tax as you leave Costa Rica and a border tax as you enter Panama. So if you travel by Tika bus, you pay that tax 
in advance at the bus station. You're actually able to buy the little border crossing ticket at the bus station. So make sure you do that before you get on the bus because we were about to board the bus and they sent us running back mm -hmm. to get our taxes because we just thought it was all included. We had to go and buy this thing again. But that's really handy. If you fail to do that, there are kiosks directly opposite the road from the border crossing where you can buy these taxes. I think the tax currently is $8. It's $7. Uh, $7. But the kiosk that we went to most recently charges an extra dollar for their fee. You can also pay apparently at like an electronic kiosk, which only accepts cards. We went across the road and paid by cash. So both options are available. But uh, just be aware that you might pay the extra dollar for the privilege. So whether you go by bus or arrive by taxi or whatever, you have to start by getting that little receipt, which is proof that you've paid that tax. You then wander up to Costa Rica Customs, where you'll have to stand in line in order to be given a form. <laughs> you fill out that form and go and stand in line again, or just push into the front, depending on how that queue is moving on that day. And hand over your passport, the form, and your uh, your tax. They'll look at stuff, hopefully stamp things and smile at you, and then you keep walking down the road. You'll go past some little shops, little bakeries, little clothes shops. This is the duty-free zone where there's no duty on anything. <laughs> Nothing there has really ever excited us. There is a, a mall in there with some more luxury goods as well as the stalls outside. But then uh, you enter this big kind of hangar area with uh, traffic moving on either side of it, and you want to be in the island in the middle. And at one of these areas, there'll actually be some kiosks that are open, and there'll be a, a line heading out from those. They just have like three windows, and normally only one or two of them are manned, so this line gets pretty long. Mm -hmm. When you're standing in line, some little old man is going to come up to you and start asking you for a dollar, and you're going to have no clue why he wants a dollar. But this is your entrance fee into Panama. So give him a dollar in cash, and this is why you want a little bit of U.S. cash around. Give him the dollar, and he'll put a little sticker in inside one of the pages of your passport. When you get up to the front of the queue, that's what the border agents are going to be looking for to see you've paid that arrival tax. So when you get to the front of the queue, make sure you're in the line that says entrada, which means entrance, and not salida, which means exit. So when you're looking at the windows, exit is on the left and entrance is on the right. So make sure you're on the right-hand side of this. So when you get to the front, they'll take your passport. You don't need to fill in a form this time. And they'll look through your passport and hopefully give you a stamp and that will be it. In my case, that was it. But Craig was asked for proof of departure. Luckily, we had prepared lots and lots of information because when I did my research, I found there was quite a lot of contradictory information about what you needed to have with you, including proof of funds, proof of departure. And one of them, it said you needed proof of flights back to your home country, which we don't have. Well, we have flights from US to Melbourne, so I printed those off as well. In the end, the only one that we needed was proof of departure, and we've still got our return flights to Columbia that we booked and probably won't use. So Craig pulled that out, and it was fine. So I highly recommend that you print out too much information because you never know quite what they're going to ask you for. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, I should mention as well, with Costa Rica, they don't do this, but Panama, they do, and both entrance and exit, they do full fingerprint scans which is becoming pretty standard now at airports around the world, but both at the airport and the land border crossing, they do full electronic fingerprint scans on you. 
So yeah, so we're in. <laughs> we're in. If you've done that land crossing, once you wander out, there'll be a whole bunch of people trying to wave you onto a minibus. Uh, you can jump onto that. That'll take you into David, which is, and take you all the way into the David uh, bus station, which is the first big city after the border. It's less than an hour away and just costs a couple of bucks. Then if you don't want to go there, you can just kind of get past the touts and another I don't know, not even 50 meters down the road, there's a bus station where you can buy tickets for one of the big buses that go all the way through to Santiago or all the way down to Panama City. Yeah, it's called Transport Panachief. Now, last time we were there, we just missed the bus by, I don't know, two or three minutes. In fact, we saw it pulling away as we came out of the uh, the customs area. So we missed that. We ended up walking back and getting on one of these minibuses. It's a good idea to try and get on one of the big buses. They're a bit more comfortable. But it doesn't actually cost you any more or less. When we came from Santiago to the border, I think we paid $11 to get the whole way. And when we divided it up, I think we paid $2 to get from the border to David and then $9 to get to Santiago. So it worked out the same. And not having to wait for the big bus meant we saved some time. Yeah, now you notice we're talking about dollars here, and we are actually talking about US dollars. The official currency of Panama is the Balboa. But for some reason, it looks and feels <laughs> absolutely identical to a US dollar. No, in reality, the US dollar is the currency. But you either see like a dollar sign or a B dollar sign. They're identical. It's the same thing. It's the same money. Panama does mint some of their own coins, and so you do get some unusual coins showing up, but otherwise you're transacting all the time in US dollars. Yeah, we were a bit surprised by this because I'd done kind of light research and I'd seen that the currency of Panama was the Balboa, and I thought, oh, that's fine. You know, we'll show up. We'll do some. And the Balboa is pegged to the US dollar. You're yeah. like, oh, okay, good, good. Yeah, whatever. You know, we'll get there. We'll do a withdrawal. And then, yeah, when we were paying the stamp tax at the border and they were asking for U.S. dollars, we're like, does it have to be U.S. dollars? Can we pay in another currency? And no, it had to be U.S. dollars. And now, you know, after we arrived and saw that everything was in U.S. dollars and when we did our withdrawal and it was U.S. dollars, the penny dropped. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're not the smartest. <laughs> Smooth. Getting around Panama by bus is the best option. If you are going kind of off the beaten path a bit, you may want to hire a car. And car hire, from what we've seen, is quite cheap. But the converse of that is that the roads are quite bad. If you're getting off the, the Pan American Highway, you are going to be driving in gravel. You are going to be driving over potholes, some of them as deep as the axle. And so even driving around here in a 4x4, there are sometimes roads that we can't get up and we've been warned not to go up if it's raining or has been raining in the last kind of 10 hours. If you're not needing to get off the road, then the buses are pretty comfortable most of the time mm -hmm. and are certainly economical. Yeah, and there's a really good network. I mean, you've, like we said earlier, you've got the big buses which do the main routes from the border to David to Santiago to Panama City. They go along the Pan American Highway, which is a very well-made road. It's quite comfortable. It's fine. Then you've got the smaller buses, which are kind of 20-seater minivans, and they tend to ply shorter routes. So, for example, from the border to David or from David to Santiago. We always catch one of these when we're going from Santiago back home to Santa Fe. 
But of course, it doesn't go directly to our house because we're off in a different direction. So we have to get off and then catch another bus, which is called a Chiva, uh, up our road. Now, we've had a lot of success with catching that bus from our house, and we've had absolutely no success at catching it back home, partly because we don't know what the bus timetable is for going home. But luckily, every time we've tried to start walking and wait for the bus as we are walking along, someone has stopped and picked us up, either Jeff, the one who has the coffee plantation, or just some random Panamanian who who knows who we are because they know the landlords that own the house that we're in. Yeah, I mean, hitchhiking is not only normal in Panama, it's kind of the de facto mode of transport for a lot of people. It's kind of expected if if you're in a car that you'll pause and pick people up. And it's kind of expected if you're standing on the side of the road that someone will pick you up within 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah, but generally, if you know them, I mean, certainly in these areas, there aren't that many people around. And so you pick up people you know, you expect to be picked up by your neighbors, that kind of thing. So basically, if you're coming to Panama, I would recommend you plan to get around by bus. can be a bit of a challenge to find out bus timetables, but if you get to the main cities like David, Santiago, Panama City, you'll be able to find the timetables at the bus station. And then, yeah, if you wanted to go somewhere a bit off the beaten track, you'll really just have to ask around, unfortunately. Many buses run every half hour, so in that case, if you're going from a main city, you won't have a problem at all. Yeah, if you want to get a car, we've found it really, really useful to have a car around here but you just need to think about whether it's going to be worth your while. If you're going to be traveling around Panama City, uh, we mostly used Uber. The metro is definitely worth giving it a go, and buses as well. So, yeah, you're not going to have a problem getting around Panama City. There's plenty of options for transport. But, yeah, just be prepared to be a bit flexible. Our last episode, uh, we were talking about Vienna, and we got an email in from Chris Christensen from the Amateur Traveller podcast, and he berated me in a very friendly way <laughs> uh, for not mentioning the Third Man Museum. He had not heard of the film, but had gone to the museum. <laughs> I was a fan of the film, and I had not heard about the museum, but apparently this thing takes up a whole city block and is full of interesting stuff for film nerds like me. So that is back on my agenda for my next time in Vienna. Thanks, Chris. We also heard from another travel podcaster, Mark Peacock, from the Travel Commons podcast, who was commenting on our previous episode, the one before the Vienna one, about making friends while traveling. And he sent us an audio comment, so we'll let him speak for himself. Hey, Craig and Linda, Mark Peacock from the Travel Commons podcast with a little bit of audio feedback or add-on for the uh, last episode that you were talking about making friends while on the road. Now, I typically travel three to four days a week, so a little different from you guys who are out for weeks and months at a time. And I'm I'm typically in different places you know, in a week, so I'm not often looking for new friends. I'm I'm just I'm a, I'm a bit too transient for that. What I am often looking for, though, is conversation, something to uh, keep me from just, you know, going back to the hotel room and plopping down on my bed and, and channel surfing, you know, kind of getting myself out of the cave that that hotel room can be oftentimes. Um, my typical, you know, sort of go-to uh, go-to strategy is, uh, for this is just to eat at the bar. Uh, so when I go in uh, to a restaurant, uh, I'll go up and eat at the bar rather than uh, getting a table. Uh, it's usually a lot easier to strike up a conversation with a bartender than a waitress. Number one, it's typically in the bartender's description. And, and number two, they're typically right in front of you most of the time as opposed to running from table to table. 
Uh, also, you know, you, you, you often find yourself uh, sitting shoulder to shoulder um, on your side of the bar with somebody who's kind of like you, looking to sort of kill some time and uh, have a have a bite and watch con- and uh, have a bit of conversation. And so, to that end, I've I've through my uh, my travel career of sitting and eating at the bar, I've had I've actually had some great conversations, sort of trading restaurant recommendations with people, beer and wine tasting notes whining about the state of Chicago sports teams and just sort of in general shooting the breeze and uh, and, and getting what I wanted, which was, you know, having a nice bit of conversation and staying away from the uh, staying away from CNN. So anyhow, just just a thought. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for your episode and uh, and keep up the good work. Take care. Bye now. Cool. Thanks, guys. Hey, we've really enjoyed our time here in Panama. We've got another couple of months to go, but I hope that this podcast is making your life easier if you're planning a trip here. We've kind of condensed all of the information that we couldn't find into one place. Yeah, so if you have any advice about traveling, getting around Panama, if you've been here before, if you're planning to go, send us an email, mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com or visit us on Facebook, send us a tweet or visit IndieTravelPodcast.com and leave a comment in the show notes. That's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.